Hello and welcome to Life Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. We hope that this teaching will strengthen, encourage and build your life. We need to press refresh on our accepting and our understanding and our believing in a turnaround God. That God is not someone that comes to our city or our lives to just slightly improve them. He's not someone that comes to make you feel a little bit better. But God comes to turn things around completely, holistically, do a full 360 degree turn. And He wants us to understand that that power is something that He has given us. And that power is available to us. God is in the business of turning things around. And I believe in the season that we're in where God's asking us to go further and reach more people and get involved in projects. I believe we've got to go in a spirit that believes and is completely convinced and utterly and utterly sold to the fact that God is a turnaround God. You know, there are people with dire needs that need to know that you have a solution that's not going to make them feel a little bit better but a solution that's going to bring the complete total solution. That there's a restoration like Isaiah 61 showed us last week. There's a restoration that can move your mourning into dancing. It can move your tears into joy. What we're talking about is not something out there. It's a reality. And many of us have situations that require a turnaround. In fact, I would guess that most of us have somewhere in our world a need that needs a complete turnaround, a brokenness that needs wholeness, a sorrow that needs mending, a marriage that needs fixing, a child that needs restoration, a healing that needs to come. And we have to stand on this word that God is a turnaround God, that God looks at it and He does not see what we see. God does not stand in dismay where we stand in dismay. But I want us as a church to be able to see our city as turned around. We've got to be able to see the neighborhoods have turned around. There are many families in our community that need a church to come alongside them who don't need to be on Skype because you live three doors down. So you actually can go and lay your hands on them. You actually can go and say, I know you're trying everything, but can I pray? And they're going to be so desperate that they're going to say, yes, I'll take anything. I'll take your prayer. And in those moments, God will open a window of opportunity that you standing back will not possess. We've not got to be frightened. We've got to step forward and say, I know a God that can turn things around. Could I, could I ask if I can pray for a turnaround circumstance in your life like he's done in my life too? God didn't see Saul as Saul, but God saw Saul as Paul, which is pretty incredible that he would see the biggest persecutor as one of his best preachers, that he would see a murderer, murderer as a missionary. But God saw Paul inside Saul. He just needed to turn him around. And so I want to return to the story in Acts 9 of how God begins to break in to Saul's life to turn him around. You know, God begins to do something in his life. And we saw last week that the beginning of a turnaround is a God invasion, the power and the presence of God that knocked Saul off his feet. You know, without an atmosphere of faith, without an atmosphere of expectation, without a body of believers that are completely believing and swinging from the chandelier with an expectation, we can't change our city. We can't go into our city like, well, you know, it might happen. 
You know, well, you know, I hope, I hope you get your breakthrough. We have to go in and say, I'm believing. I am fully believing that God can turn this around. I'm fully believing that we can have a different report. There's some confidence that we have to have that the power of God gives us because it's not confidence in our ability. See, some of you are nervous to extend your hand to people because you're nervous about your part in the equation. But you've got to get your focus off you. This is not about you. This is about you plugging them into God who can turn anything around. So if we move our, oh, well, what if I pray and you, they get worse? You know, what if, I, what, if I, what if I go and offer to help and they're offended? You know, what if I invite them and they come and they hate it? You know, what you're doing is you're putting you in the, in the scenario like it's all down to you. But God wants to work in partnership with us. He doesn't want your power. He wants you to let his power flow through you. He wants you to be a conduit of his power. And when we doubt and when we question and when we put all that negative stuff in the way, then we dilute what God can do. I know yesterday some of our team went to pray with a, with a very needy situation, a mother who's been given days of her son's life left, who's only eight who probably they've said would be dead by tomorrow. You know, when you walk into those scenarios, you've got to walk in with a confidence that God's a turnaround God. You know, you've got to walk in with a believing heart. And I wonder where you are accessing and using that power to, to help others get lifted, to help things in your life turn around. And God comes in and the first thing he does with Saul is he knocks him off his feet. With the power of God, he knocks him off his feet because he needs him to get on his knees. He says, you need to get off your feet, Saul, and you need to get off on your knees because the power of God hits his life. And we began to see how the power of God begins the turn. But the turn will not happen fully without other elements coming in. And what happens next is that God turns Saul's heart toward him and there's a turning of his heart to Christ. But now what needs to happen is a turning of his life to serve God, a turning of what he does to serve God. And that takes other people's involvement. And church, what I want to talk to us in these few minutes I have this morning is we have to help people when they have their heart turned to turn them around to be what God has called them to be. It's all hands on deck to help turn people. See, a lot of people, they find Christ, but when they find Christ, like Saul was, was bumped into by God, God arrested his heart. But it says, when we come to the story in Acts 9, I'm going to read it to you from the message. It says, all this time, Verse 1, while Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples out for the kill, he went to the chief priest and got warrants to arrest those that were meeting in Damascus. So if anyone was found there belonging to the way, whether men or women, he could arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. He set off. When he got to the outskirts of Damascus, he was suddenly dazed by a blinding flash of light. And as he fell to the ground, he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? He said, who are you, master? I am Jesus, the one you are hunting down. I want you to get up and to enter the city. In the city, you'll be told what to do next. Now listen to this next line. His companions, those that were traveling with him to go and persecute, stood there dumbstruck. They could hear the sound, but they couldn't see anyone. The people that Saul was doing life with could not help him in this turn. 
They could not facilitate the turnaround that God needed to do in Saul's life. And so now the company that he's keeping, they can hear a sound, but they can't see what is going on. And so many times when, when God reaches you and when God takes your life, he will turn people around. But then you go back into a world when people get saved. We've got to understand they go back into a world where people don't get what just happened to them. Many of you know when you got saved, people had no clue what has happened to you. They don't understand what it is you're saying. And so these people that he was in the company of could not help him in his turnaround. They could not help him know what to do next, where to go next, what is going on. They had no explanation. And therefore, God said, I need my turnaround troops. I need the church. I need all hands on on deck to help turn this sucker around. And so his companions stand there deconstruct. And so it says in verse 10, there was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias. The master spoke to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, master, he answered. Get up and go over to Straight Avenue. Ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus. His name is Saul. He's there praying. He has just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias enter the house and lay hands on him so he could see again. How many of you wish God give you that clear of a direction? <laughs> this was pretty cool. On Straight Street, this is what the deal is. This is what's going down. This is where you need to go. Awesome. Sometimes it happens, but don't expect it every time. Ananias protested. Listen to this. After such clear instruction, this is the disciple now. This is not a stranger. This is a disciple of God. Ananias protested, Master, you cannot be serious. Sounds like John McEnroe. You cannot be serious. Hello? Everybody's talking about this man and the terrible things he's been doing. His reign of terror against your people in Jerusalem. And now he's shown up here with papers from the chief priests that give him license to do the same to us. But the master said, do not argue with me. Go. I have picked him as my personal representative to the non-Jews and kings and Jews. And now I'm about to show him what he's in for. The hard suffering that goes with this job. You know, I believe that God is looking for where are his Ananiases that will go to the souls. That when God says, I need you to go, they won't come back with what it was that Ananias came back with, which was, you can't be serious. You want me to go where? You want me to go into the red light district of our city? You want me to go where? Don't you know what goes on down there? Don't you know the dirt down there? Don't you know the kind of people down there? You want me to go and reach that family that have abused our family, that have been nasty to my children? You want me, moi? Are you serious? You, you want our family to serve in that area, in that ministry, reaching that kind of person? Do you, are you serious? And all across the earth, all across the church, God is looking for people who will get out of their comfort zone and be willing to help him turn people around. See, God's already done his part. God's already been. God's already done his part. But he knows that the companionship around Saul cannot help him transform. They cannot help him transition. So he looks to the church and says, hello, can you go? Could you go and help these people turn around? Could you be another person that turns the handle in this transformation that's going on? You know, 
Oftentimes, we don't understand the turning of God. We think, well, God, you can do it. Well, God, you know, you just sort it out. Well, God, you know, we can even pray about situations in our own life. Well, God, you just sort my marriage out. You know, you're the God that can turn it around. Turn it around. As if we have nothing to do with it or we have no involvement. But God wants you to use his power, access it, and use it in the turnaround process. He wants you to get alongside others that will help turn you. You know, there's a direction that God's turns always go in. If you're not sure if it's a God turning, here's a clue. When God turns something around, he always turns it in a direction that loosens it, that liberates it, and that brings freedom. It's just like a tap. You know, have you ever had a tap that's really stiff and you can't get it to turn because somebody's really tightened it the wrong way? And so you get the tap. Sometimes Noah will shout, Mom, I can't turn the tap. I can't turn the tap. You told me to run a bath. I can't turn the tap. And I'll go upstairs and I realize Steve tightened the tap after he last got out and his grip's stronger. So we have to go and loosen the grip. I believe the power of God loosens the grip. It loosens the grip of the enemy, loosens the hold of the enemy. It loosens the dark things that you and I have not the power to do, but God's power starts the tap. But here's the deal. One turn of the tap does not start a flow. You've got to keep turning the tap. You've got to keep loosening in the tap. So the first tap that I unscrew, the first time I untighten it, I I then release it. Now it's Noah's turn. Now Noah can keep turning, but he must turn in the same direction. He must keep turning it in the same direction. And that direction eventually will bring a flow of water, will bring a release of life. And I believe as a church, God is looking for us to help keep turning the tap in the right direction in our city. To help keep turning the tap so the flow of life can flow through people's marriages, people's situations. But we all are being asked by God to take a turn. Now, if it's been turned the wrong way, here's what will happen. When it's not a God turn, it gets turned the other way. If you turn the tap the other way, you start to stop the flow. Then you start to control it. Then you start to restrict it. And then it starts to feel (coughs) like you're being tightened to death. God's God's turning is never a tightening. It's never a choking. It's never a cutting off of the supply. God's tight turning is always so that more can come from your life. So there can be more liberty that comes forward. And so here is a picture of God starting the turn. And now he's saying, Ananias, it's your turn. I need you to go. And I need you to help turn the tap of the flow that will come through Saul's life. See, because God knew that Saul was going to become Paul. And Paul was going to turn thousands of people to the way of God. He was going to turn thousands of lives around through his ministry. So this turning was significant and strategic. And often we don't see the significant and the strategic. We just see it's Saul and he's a bully and I don't like him. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We are always encouraged to hear how this message has impacted your life. Please visit our website, www.lifechurchhome.com. Or why not email us at hello at lifechurchhome.com.